Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. We'll see what happens with Carson Wentz. It is not a good day to wake up an Indianapolis Colts fan considering Carson Wentz is being looked at by doctors and they will have a timetable for his return hopefully at some point today. But as of right now, he is out indefinitely. Shay Cornett and Bart Scott filling in for Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin here on KJZ. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests will join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Um, so it, it it's an interesting time as far as rookie quarterbacks. There were quite a few taken in the first round, but there are really only two that are a sure bet to start this season, and that would be Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence with the Jags and the Jets, mm-hmm. okay? And so when you look at these two quarterbacks, you got to assume one is going to have a better season than the other. Really, for both these franchises, there's only one way to go, and that's up, okay? Yep. And they both have two new coaches. And when I look at this part, I think to myself, wow, this is really an interesting situation for both QBs. Zach Wilson in New York. Yes, you have Robert Saleh, but you were the last rookie to report to camp. Mm -hmm. You had issues with that. You've got to develop some chemistry. It's not like you're coming from Alabama. You're coming from BYU. You've got a lot to learn on the National Football League and and with the, you know, on on the larger scale. In terms of Trevor Lawrence, yes, you played at Clemson, but now you're coming in with the first-year NFL head coach in Urban Meyer, and I would argue the AFC South is a very dangerous place for a guy like yeah. Trevor Lawrence when you have to play the likes of the Titans and the Colts twice. So, all this to say, let's hear from these two, shall we? Let's start with Trevor Lawrence, the Jaguars quarterback, on having to compete for the starting job. It's always a competition. I mean, I, I'd say when I was at Clemson, when I first came in, it was, it was a similar situation, and um, that's how you. That's how you have to do. It has to be a competition. No, nothing can be given. When you start giving things to people, then you set the the wrong, uh, I guess, precedent for the team. So, I, you know, I have a lot of respect for the coaches, the way they've handled everything. And my job is just to come in every day, go to work, and try to make this team better. Um, and that's, you know, hopefully, don't get close to the season. We can all gel and, and get some more work together. But right now, I'm just, I'm just doing my job. Okay, right now. He's what the hell is that? I ninety five. What the hell are they practice facility at? <laughs> they couldn't find no good real estate. Sheesh. <laughs> well, right now he's just trying to do his job. He says he's competing for the starting quarterback job, which we all know is. Well, you heard Minshew Mania. You know what I'm saying? Minshew Mania yeah. showed up with some Levi Jorts. He can keep saying that Minshew Mania because he's <laughs> ah. going to have his booty on the bench. Okay, Trevor Lawrence <laughs> is starting. Let's keep it 100 percent clear. Uh, how about the Jets? Their head coach spoke about Zach Wilson apparently being too hard on himself, which maybe is a little warranted after a first day of bad practice. But then he bounced back the next day on Saturday. So here's the head coach on his performance. For him, I don't think he lacks being hard on himself. doesn't Doesn't take away his confidence. He just strives for something that other people aren't willing to strive for. And he's willing to put in the work to achieve what he wants. And uh, so his, as long as his confidence never wavers, call me crazy. I just I don't think you could ever be too hard on yourself. All right, let me be clear. We are going to hear nothing but roses, rainbows, and butterflies coming out of Jets and Jags camp because it is for sure going to be these two starting for their respective franchises. So don't expect to hear any criticism from their head coaches. Anyways, my question for you is, who's going to have the better season this year? Is it going to be Wilson or Lawrence? I think it's going to be Wilson. I don't even think it's going to be close. Um, just simply because I feel like I'm, you know, I think that the Jets have a better roster right now to protect and to bring in a young quarterback. When you think about that left side, Vera Tucker, you think about Beckton, you know, that's that's pure dominance right there. They're going to be able to run the football. And also you think about the scheme in which we're 100% sure that running game, that Kyle Shanahan type of running scheme is going to fare very well for the, for the running backs like Carter, like Tevin Coleman. They, you know, they built this roster. The only thing I, I have questions with the Jets is the fact that I don't think they have a – a good enough tight end for a young quarterback, but I'm still thinking that Joe Douglas still has some moves left in his in his um 
in his repertoire. I think that, you know, maybe Zach Ertz is still a natural fit. You know, you think about Douglas. Douglas was there in Philadelphia with Zach Ertz. He's a little disgruntled. They have a good quarterback there. It's going to be that secondary wave of guys that's going to get cut. And I can see the Jets maybe making a move for him. And also, you know, you think about a, a coach in Sala that is – Ben has been in the NFL. I think that Urban Meyer is still trying to figure himself out, and I think that everybody there is trying to figure out if they can trust him. And you don't only know that when you get in adverse situations. It's one thing to be a coach for college. It's another one to be the leader of men, and he's had some questionable um, decisions already that he has made in his short coaching career. Week one for the Jets is against the Carolina Panthers Ooh. and Sam Darnold. Ooh, Sam Darnold coming out party. Last year, the Carolina Panthers were right there in a lot of games. And I remember throughout the entirety of the season thinking to myself, I mean, this team just really needs one non-COVID season under their belt to really get things going. And they made a change at quarterback, which was a little bewildering to me, I suppose, because I I thought Teddy Bridgewater is the real deal. And I I just didn't think he had the likes of Christian McCaffrey in place. And so when you come back and you have week one against the Carolina Panthers and your former quarterback, Sam Darnold, and you have Christian McCaffrey returning to that squad who was yeah. right there in a lot of games. I mean, this is not a sure bet W, okay, for no, the Jets week one. And then they have New England and a very motivated Bill Belichick mm-hmm. week two. And then you've got the Denver Broncos and that Teddy Bridgewater I just talked about in yeah. Denver, which you would know better than me, but a very tough p- place to play at mile high week three. Yeah. Then you have the Titans in week four. I don't need to keep going, but the point is this is not an easy right out of the gate situation for the Jets. No, no, not at all. And that's why you going to lean on shortening the game with running game and defense. You know, I think really what's understated about the Jets is I think if Sheldon Rankins can stay healthy, you can argue that the Jets have a top 10 defensive line. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people forget when you look at Fred Warner and what he was able to do in the San Francisco 49ers and how great he is. He, you know, he just became the highest paid linebacker in the game. Well, I think C.J. Mosley is better. Oh. Right? I think C.J. Moe, people forget how great C.J. Moe, it was a reason why they gave him $85 million, $15 million a year. He was the highest paid player. He opted out last year. He only had one game the season before. I, I, you know, I was at Jets camp, you know, Wednesday and, and Saturday. C.J. Mosley's down to 230. He's running well, you know, and, and they have a great defense line in front of him that can protect him. The only thing that concerns me about the Jets uh, on the defensive side of the ball is the fact that they, I believe they don't have any number one corners. They don't have any lockdown corners, so it's going to be corner by committee, and they're going to have to play cover three a lot to try and protect those corners that's very young. But when, when you look at Sheldon Rankins, Quentin Williams, and Carl Lawson, I mean, that is a formidable defensive line, and whoever can be that, that, that pass rusher opposite those guys is going to be able to give them a great defensive line, which should bode well for them to win ugly. They're going to have to win ugly early. Okay, so I'm going to go the other way here, and I'm going to say Trevor Lawrence just because I think he is more ready right now to compete as a starting quarterback in the National Football League, hence why he was the, the obvious number one overall pick. He comes from a program in Clemson that is similar to Alabama's in the fact that they are NFL ready, right? And they are ready to compete right now. I also think mm. there's a favorable schedule for him. And also for Urban Meyer, I don't care that he's a first-year NFL head coach. The dude can coach, okay? Yeah. And he can coach NFL-ready dudes. Like, let's call it what it is. Well, well, time, you know, time management is something that you can be a little bit concerned with, you know, him learning the NFL game. But also, this is what I like about the fact that Zach Wilson came in. How can you be the number two overall pick yet still have a chip on your shoulder, right? Because it's, it's still doubts about Zach Wilson, about, you know, the competition which he played in, BYU, how good is he? It's no questions about – um, Trevor Lawrence. Everybody believes him to be like a great yeah. quarterback. He he was prototypical, the highest rated quarterback coming out since Andrew Luck. 
that's a lot more pressure to deal with. I think Zach Wilson is going to have a chip on his shoulder trying to prove that he, you know, is worthy of where he was picked. And the fact that I think that, you know, when you look at the skill positions, I think that the Jets have the better skill position receivers. You know, right now, early on, Zach Wilson to EJ Moore is, has been dynamic. But, you know, they have so much depth at the wide receiver position, whether you want to talk about Jameson Crowder, you want to talk about Corey Davis, you want to talk about Mims, who I thought would, you know, if he would have been healthy and they would have had a decent offensive line, would have had the same rookie year as a Chase Claypool. So they have so much depth that they can just keep throwing talent at you. Joe Douglas has done a good job in a short period of time going on to get Morgan Moses. So now you think they have three-plus offensive linemen. Beckton, I think, in a short order of time is going to be the best left tackle. He's definitely the most physical the most violent, and when you have that with a run game, you can shorten it. You can shorten the game, and you can win ugly because you're going to take the possessions out. So I think early on, because of the running game, because of the offensive line, he got veterans at both ends, right? At right tackle, left tackle, and if Virg Tucker is what they say he is, which is Quentin Williams, I mean Quentin Nelson. I mean, I think it's you know it's 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 a far gone conclusion that they'll have a better season this season. Foregone conclusion. Look at him. Spoken like a true former Jet. Take a picture. Write it down. I don't give up. Literally, right. Just flowing out of his mouth like it's not even a discussion that the Jags and and Trevor Lawrence are going to be in this thing. Okay. Uh, We'll we'll see here shortly. You want to give us a call? Feel free. It's 888-SAY-ESPN. It's 888-729-3776. Who is going to have the better first year in the National Football League? Is it going to be Trevor Lawrence or is it going to be Zach Wilson? One thing we can agree on here. I mean, both teams were not good. Over yeah. the past couple of yeah. years. Yeah. Both teams can only go one direction, and that's up. Whether that results in Ws or just looking more efficient on the football field right. will, remains to be seen. But nonetheless, both of these two dudes need to show up for their franchise, and they need to show up in a big way. NBA free agency getting underway tonight. I mean, there is a lot going on in the sports world, but no better drama, Bart, in my opinion, than NBA free agency. I mean, it's like a real-life reality show. I tell you what, the NBA is slowly creeping up on the NFL as far as being able to have us entertaining you know, off-season off moves and news, right? You know, the draft was, I think, was was good. And now that in the free agency, like, we know, like, that moves can be made with the Russell Westbrook trade. Like, what's next, right? We all assume what we think what Kawhi is going to do, but you don't know anything about no. Kawhi. Kawhi is the most unpredictable superstar that we've had in recent years. And the fact that, for some reason, the gem of free agency is Kyle Lowry. What is he, like 75 years old? All right, stop and it. He played with Moses. Will you stop it? This is Keyshawn J. Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests, join us on the Goodyear Hotlines, where we're going right now. Bobby Marks, our ESPN NBA front office insider, is there. And, I mean, come on, Bobby. Now, you, you Bobby, heard, didn't he play with Moses? How old is Kyle Lowry? Officially, the, the disrespect is so real. So, please tell me why Kyle Lowry is on the top of teams' wish lists. Well, he controls free agency. I mean, there, you look at the teams that need a point guard, either it be Miami, New Orleans, I guess we could put Dallas in that mix, certainly New York. Um, his decision basically dictates uh, what the other teams do. And if the likelihood of if Lowry does go to a team like Miami now, what happens with you know Lonzo Ball in New Orleans or Spencer Dinwiddie in, in Brooklyn? Um, I think Mike Conley and, and Chris Paul will go back to their – respective homes, but Lowry is the big domino um, to fall. And I think once that happens, it basically will just open up, uh, will open up the floodgates as far as for some of these teams to, to go out and spend. Bobby, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up Spencer Dinwiddie um, because I feel like we forget, you know, he was linked to maybe going to, to the Lakers if he said he couldn't come up with a deal with the Nets. But now he's going to be out there 
Uh, what is a great lo- uh, destination uh, for him? And is he one of the best of the young free agents out there? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, as you said, I would. It, it's unlikely both L.A. teams, just from a spending standpoint, even in a signing trade, so I think we can rule them out. I think I, think I would keep an eye on maybe New York for Dinwiddie. I think that would be certainly a, a perfect fit based on them in a need of a, of a point guard. Um, we'll see if Brooklyn can maybe work out something with Washington, uh, potentially maybe in a sign-in trade. Um, I think the reluctance in, in, with the Nets is with Dinwiddie is the cost. If you bring him back on a $18, $19 million contract, it basically costs you another $90 million towards your luxury tax bill. So um, maybe a team like Oklahoma City, they're kind of a little bit of a wild card out there as far as um, going out try to get Dinwiddie, and then maybe use him towards the trade deadline to flip uh, and you know continue to build up to their, uh, their, their trade assets. Interesting. NBA free agency starts tonight. We're talking to Bobby Marks, our ESPN NBA front office insider here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Shea Cornett, Bart Scott filling in for the guys this morning. Shaking bait. And Bobby Marks joining us here on the Goodyear Hotline. Let's go to Kawhi Leonard because we were talking about him before we brought you in, Bobby, in terms of what is going to happen with Kawhi Leonard. I mean, we never know what's going on with this man. He has the best poker face in the entire world. So we expected him to opt out for the Clippers. But what does this mean for Kawhi now going forward? Well, for the sanity of all of us, I hope this Kawhi Leonard decision is quick, <laughs> right? Please let us not be a 2019 again, or I'm probably going to wind up getting divorced here. But yeah, I think what's going to happen is that you're going to see Kawhi Leonard uh, sign a one plus one contract, um, you know, and become a uh, potentially become a free agent next year when he can sign a five-year, $235 million contract with, uh, with the Clippers here. And I think this is more of just kind of a business decision that, He'll take that $39 million this year and, and most likely will be out a good chunk of the season while he's rehabbing from that knee. So I don't expect much uh, much drama around the Kawhi Leonard um, decision as far as what he does. What about CP3, right? He opted out, you know, um, declined a $44 million contract. Is it any chance that he can be anywhere other than, than um, the Suns? Phoenix? No, I think, I think he's going back to Phoenix. I think what he did was he opted out of that number and – and now he's going to add length to that to his contract. Probably start a little bit lower, maybe around thirty-five million dollars. And what that could do is help them bring campaign back their their other free agent point guard. And then you could see Chris, you know, for years two and three. You know, I'm thinking somewhere around three years, a hundred million plus for Chris. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't expect him uh, to be taking meetings when uh, we get going in free agency later. Okay, so we're talking to Bobby Marks right now, our ESPN NBA front office insiders, joining us on the Goodyear Hotline here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zoom. And it's Shea Cornett and Bart Scott filling in for the guys. So I guess the question is now: Both Kawhi Leonard and Chris Paul have opted out of their situations. Why are their situations different though, um, with Phoenix and with the Clippers in LA? Yeah, I mean, I think with, you know, Kawhi is interesting, and I've, I've written about this, that the, from a financial standpoint, the best decision for him would have been just to opt into his contract and then extend for additional four years, but he's elected to go out and, and do the one plus one. For, for Kawhi is that he's got early bird rights, meaning that the, um, that the Clippers cannot sign him to a five-year contract. The most they can do is four years. So that's why you're seeing the one plus one here with, uh, with, with Kawhi and then go out in free agency next year. Chris is a little bit different, too, because of the over 38 rule. He's 36 years old. The most that um, teams on the market can sign him for is three years. Phoenix can sign him for four years. There's no five-year contract waiting for for Chris Paul here. So I think it's basically both guys just kind of lining it up, and it's more of of a business business decision. Now, LeBron's breaking records, and we're not – we're used and accustomed to LeBron breaking records, but – 
I mean, three players over 120 million. <laughs> I mean, how do they fill this roster out, and who are some potential signings? Could you could they pay, maybe bring McGee back or Dwight Howard? How do they fill this roster out with uh, veteran minimum players? Yeah, you're right, Bart. I mean, they've I mean, they've got uh, three players that earn I think 120 million dollars. That's more than 20 teams going into free agency. And there's two different ways that they're going to look at it here. It's um, Talon Horton Tucker and Alex Caruso, their own free agents. You can exceed the cap to bring them back. And then it's going to be bargain shopping, and I, as I call it. So you're right. You're looking at guys like JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard. You certainly need shooters. So is it maybe J.J. Redick on a discount? Guys like Lou Williams, Wayne Ellington. Um, they've got the veteran minimum and the, the $5.9 million tax mid-level. I think the one guy to just keep an eye on is what happens to Dennis Schroeder. Um, and what happens if the, what, with the market drying up? Do they bring him back maybe on a, a two-year, $40 million contract and maybe use him as an asset down the road? Or is there a, a sign-and-trade out there where they can maybe bring back contracts? But um, there is a ton of work to do in Los Angeles. They've got you know, $130 million with just five players um, on, on their contract. Interesting stuff. That is Bobby Marks, our ESPN NBA front office insider. Again, free agency starts tonight at 6 p.m. Eastern, and we love it. Buckle up. Thanks, Bobby. We appreciate it. Thank you. Just for closure, did he play with Moses or not? Stop. Oh, okay, no. Stop. <laughs> Just to tie a bow on it. Um, you brought this up, and I want to revisit it. In terms of NBA free agency, to me, it's the it's the most dramatic, best thing sometimes in sports. You compared it to the NFL. To me, no comparison. Look, the NFL c- captures our attention throughout the regular season, the postseason. Free agency, not nearly as exciting as it is in <gasps> NBA. Oh, that hurts. I believe so. I believe so I believe because you have big names that get that get signed, don't get signed. You know, I mean, the the fact that the NBA, the NFL draft can be a whole week. Like you watch 32 guys take four hours to get picked and you, and, and it's the most entertaining four hours of all of TV. To you and me, not to everybody. Oh, okay. To you and me, because we're so invested. Unless you have a headliner like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or one of these guys, like NFL free agency is nowhere near the same and as exciting as NBA because there's just so much more. I feel like there's more. You, I, maybe you, there's you, not you, you, more you, money, you, you more names. You didn't love JJ Watt going over. You didn't love. Sure, but JJ like Watt the, is a free, one of the faces of a franchise. Like what was going on with the Houston oh, Texans that was, trades, was, too, that was trades. Yeah, and well, not really. They didn't get the Texans didn't give anything up for him. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he opted out. He got he opted out for free. <laughs> give us us free. I don't know. I, I just think NBA free agency is always just so entertaining, especially when you have a guy like Kawhi Leonard where legitimately nobody knows what he's thinking ever. Trizzle. No one knows where he's going. Trizzle, trizzle. Anyways, again, 6 p.m. Eastern is when NBA free agency gets underway. Bobby Mark's giving us some really good stuff here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Speaking of, my name is Shay Cornette, and he's Bart Scott. We're filling Shake in for the guys today and tomorrow. Get to double down, you know, another 2.30 a.m. wake-up <sighs> call. Hold God, I love it. Hold on, I'm here tomorrow? You're here tomorrow. <laughs> Bart walked to this morning. Am I supposed to be here? I'm like, well, you're off, up awfully early if you're not supposed to be. Hey, I just went to breakfast and went home and took a nap. <laughs> you can just fall right back asleep. We, we, no, I mean, me. we got a comfortable green room. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's true. You could sleep on the couch in there. <laughs> I hear you. All right, back to the NFL. The Browns have signed one of their 2018 draft picks, but it's not the one we all thought would be the first one that they signed. Nope. Which was the one that got the extension first? Well, not the QB. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The NFL season feels like it's really getting underway now. All 32 teams are obviously in training camp. And on Thursday, we have an actual football game. The Dallas Cowboys and the Steelers are going to face off in the Hall of Fame game. It's preseason game numero uno. And we'll be breaking it down with a fine-tooth comb. No, we won't. I don't care. <laughs> I thought you put it best, though. This past Sunday was the first Sunday without football that yeah, we're going to no, have in a long time. one. Get ready. Buckle up, everybody. It's going to be exciting. It is. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. And we're presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. My name is Shay Cornette. He is Bart Scott. We're filling in for the guys Shake this and morning. Bake. Calling ourselves Shake and Bake. A little SB, you know. Um, over the weekend, Nick Chubb put a little dough in his pocket. He signed a three-year extension, three, $36.6 million. That includes $20 million guaranteed. But the thing is, they paid Nick Chubb before they paid Baker Mayfield. Yeah, because I think they have more confidence in what Nick Chubb is and who Nick Chubb is you know, than they do in Baker Mayfield. Like, like, like Uncle TB say all the time, I think he's probably one of the most replaceable superstars or starting quarterbacks in all the NFL. Like I said, you can take any other quarterback almost from 30 – one other teams and say that that team would be equally as good or better if they had somebody in place of, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield. Okay. I mean, the look, let's, let's I am go, not go, a huge go, Baker Mayfield. I am go. not a huge Baker Mayfield person, but I do think that he has come a long way for the Browns and with Kevin Stefanski as their yes. head coach. And I don't know that you can just plug and play any yes. quarterback there. Yes. He listen. was the number one overall pick. Okay. Listen, it was a weak draft. I don't know. But listen, what a I'm, weak draft. What I'm, what Josh Allen, okay, Lamar listen, 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 before you at me at that, what I'm just saying, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just playing with that. But would this team not be better with Lamar Jackson? Yes. Would this team not be better with Josh Allen? Yes. Maybe, you know, Sam Darnold, you say, uh, maybe, maybe not, right? Listen, Baker Mayfield has two of everything, arguably the best roster in all of football top to bottom. When you think about the depth they have at different positions, you think about the quality of talent they have, the young talent that they have, you can arguably say, I mean, if you put Ryan Tannehill out there, you, it, are, are they not better? If you put Kirk Cousins there, are they not the same or not better? So that's what I'm saying. Like, when, when you talk about Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb is arguably, to me, he's the best running back in all of football. I know that's saying a lot because Derrick Henry has put on a show for the last two years. But you talk about a guy that's averaging 5.6 yards a, a, a carry, and, you know, his numbers would be a lot more gaudy, one, if he hadn't got hurt last year, two, if he didn't share the backfield with Kareem Hunt, who's another outstanding, young, talented um, running back. Okay. Let's hold on. Baker Mayfield has four head coaches and four offensive okay, coordinators he, in five seasons. And, like, he, and he also has more interceptions than anybody not named Jameis Winston since he's been in the league. I'm sorry. Wasn't it you that was clamoring for Jameis Winston to be the starting quarterback for the Saints this year? 
better okay. than, than, than Taysom okay. Hill? Of course. Listen, Pump the brakes. If, if you're 30-something years old and you ain't starting this league. It, Another former number one overall pick and Jameis Winston. They well, got horrible well, problems well, at that number one pick. You don't think they'll be better with Jameis Winston at quarterback other than Baker Mayfield? I already made this argument. Not – Oh, you mean if Jameis Winston was the Browns starting quarterback? Yeah, like I'm saying, this is one of the best rosters. So I don't think that the Cleveland Browns, they want to see it two years in a row. Like it wasn't until uh, Odell Beckham got hurt where Baker Mayfield, you know, started playing. But they, that's when they really start running the football Correct. and doing play Relying action pass, right? It's not like he's dropping back and deciphering defenses. So this is a huge year for Baker Mayfield. And I wonder which one of these guys get paid first. You know what I mean? Because they both up for cheese on a taco. I think the other two quarterbacks, their teams and organizations believe in them wholeheartedly. They know that they the truth. They believe in Lamar Jackson, who's an MVP. Josh Allen, you know, could be a top five quarterback at the end of this season, right? So, you know, Baker Mayfield, still some questions out there about Baker. Okay, there are definitely still some questions about Baker Mayfield, but I, I will say this, and I'm speaking for Browns Nation here. Like, I definitely think there has been a large leap under Kevin Stefanski and the fact that they did see what they believe to be, hopefully – you know, some trajectory going forward for the Browns and Baker Mayfield. And he hopefully this wasn't, yeah, hopefully this wasn't like, he's also matured a lot and hopefully this wasn't just lightning that, in the man. bottle. Okay. Well, that's what I think, at least according to his press conferences great and the way he's though. talking great, about listen, it. Great commercials. He is, I mean, he's I one agree. of the best like athletic, like commercial makers there. <laughs> athletic commercial makers. Okay. Fair enough. So you opened up the question. Let's open it up even further. So he was in a draft class that you called weak, but then you backtracked, which no, thank God playing. you did. No, I'm just <laughs> With Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Have they found Rosen yet? Baker Mayfield, put, Josh I'm ready Rosen to put him on a milk cart. Yeah, he's – don't worry about him. And then Sam Darnold was also in this draft class. But we're not going to throw him into this conversation. Of the three that I mentioned, mm-hmm. Baker, Allen, and Lamar Jackson, which of those three do you think gets paid first? And I'm already going to remove Baker because you clearly don't believe he's going to be the first one paid. Well, I'm going to go Josh because I think his contract is more simple, right? I think it's straightforward. I think you give him five years extension – uh, Lamar's a little different, man, because I have to do Lamar in, in, in shorter increments, right? Because I'm just so concerned that all it takes is one bad leg ACL, and it's like, it's like, it's like um, RG3. When RG3 was able to use his legs, he, he took the league by storm. And then going forward, once he got injured, he wasn't the same quarterback. Lamar Jackson, so much of his game is predicated on him carrying the ball, being that dual threat, you having to bring another safety up because you're afraid that you don't have enough athletic bodies out there. So then it gives him favorable matchups down the field. That's why I think that's why his numbers are so good down the field. But this year, like, it's, it's put up a shut up for Lamar as well. Can he be the, the, the next you know, chapter? Because they weren't able to, to re-sign Judon and some of those great pass rushers. They had to go bargain fishing you know, for guys like Justin Houston because they know that they, that they have to pay Lamar Jackson, so they can't pay money so much money on the defensive side of the ball. So this is big for Lamar to show that you can do, he can do less with more. He can do more with less. And, you know, his connection with Rashad Bakeman, you know, in practice against Marlon Humphreys, all indications that, hey, man, if you give him some good, talented players on the outside, he can make them work. So, you know, this also puts Hollywood into the slot. And, you know, if Sammy Watkins stay healthy, we're going to get a true assessment of what Lamar Jackson is as a passer this year. Okay, so you think, though, it's going to be Josh Allen that's going to get yeah, paid first of the bunch. And I, I, I'm going to refute that, and I'm going to say it's going to be Lamar Jackson, and I'm going to – debunk a few things you just said. Number oh, wow. one, uh, Josh Allen, if he was going to 
be the first one to be extended. I thought by now he already would have been. If it was that simple, why haven't they done it yet? And I realize in the NFL, sometimes it's a game of chicken. Like, who's going to get it first so that maybe mm-hmm. I could get more money? Um, but nonetheless, I am surprised by the fact that the Bills haven't extended Josh Allen. Look, Josh Allen took a huge leap from 2019 to 2020. Mm-hmm. I mean, obvious in every way, but especially his downfield throws. And in terms of being athletic, I mean, Josh Allen can run. Yeah, Josh is. Allen can be quick. Josh Allen can definitely take off if they need him to. Now, not as much as Lamar does, and obviously that's yeah, much more. Lamar's a running back almost. You know yeah. I mean? He got more carries okay, than running on. backs. Haven't we gotten away from that narrative? No, no, that's my guy. Like, that's my guy. I'm a raver. Remember, no, when I say he's a running back, I'm talking about his carry attempts, the way he right? Can, Those right. are designed runs. Like, right. it's different from scrambling and, and design runs. When you see Josh Allen, he's scrambling for the most part. Lamar Jackson, these are design runs. He'll probably be over 1,000 again this year. It, I- and don't quote me on this stat, but I want to say at one point last year, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen were the only two quarterbacks that led their team in rushing. Kyler Murray might have been in the mix there at some for point, second, too, yeah. for a second, but I think those two. So, nonetheless, they both like to run with the football in their hands, and they're both at the quarterback position. Again, Lamar Jackson, to me, the first one to be extended. He's already had an MVP season. Yeah, but okay. also, it gets complicated, though, because his mom is his agent. So you talk Which about, put, I love, so. well, but you're talking about putting the nuance in the offset language and the, and the guarantees, skill deprivation. It's a lot of things that go in there that maybe his mom may not know that she's going to have to research. I'm sure they'll probably use a lawyer to kind of read over sure. it and look at comp type of contracts. But, you know, contracts can be very tricky. And there's a lot of language that you have to have in there. And I just think when you have a traditional agent, it's easier to get that language. Don't make it right because DeAndre Hopkins negotiated his own contract and he got a bag. Yeah, (laughs) true. So it's just as long as you word things the right way. But in terms of comparing the three, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Baker Mayfield. QBR the past two seasons, Lamar's at the top. Yards per pass, Lamar's at the top. Red zone completions, Lamar's at the top. How about 2020? Okay, let's go to 2020. Red zone completion, Lamar at the top. Third downs, yards per attempt on third down, Lamar's at the top. And then I already told you this stat that Lamar Jackson and Drew Brees were the only two quarterbacks not to throw an interception or a pick rather in the fourth quarter last year. And so Lamar Jackson has more than proof that he's Mm -hmm. going to be the franchise quarterback for the Ravens, as I know you agree with me as well. Mm -hmm. And so when's the bag coming? I mean, when's it coming? When are we going to sign on the dotted line? I think I think maybe Lamar says, you know, let's get this done after next year so we can spend all this money so I can get this championship before I get the bag, because it don't matter if you get paid today or you get paid tomorrow. At the end of the day, he's going to be the you know the highest paid quarterback in the league within a six month period, right? You know, as soon as the season's over, if he don't get it now, he'll get it March 16th when free agency starts, right? So it doesn't matter, like. But if you can add a championship to your to your resume, it, it makes them you know giving you the bag a lot easier for them to to to, to digest because they got the championship, much like Flacco did, right? Flacco yeah. won the Super Bowl. He, he, he opted out, didn't do the deal, and he got the bag. Because remember what Flacco's resume was with the Baltimore Ravens. He had been to the playoffs in the AFC Championship. We went to the AFC Championship with, with Flacco his first year. Then they went to the, the second round of the division round where it was kind of flip-flop with Lamar. Lamar you know, hasn't gone to the AFC Championship yet. And Flacco bet on himself, and he got the bag, and they made him the highest-paid quarterback. So I know how the Ravens operate, right? So if they can say, hey, Lamar, we can, we're going to try and spend all this money this year so we can get some veterans around you. Then once we get this championship, we'll give, we'll give you all the money you want. Who cares whether you get $45 million a year this month or you get it in March? Yeah. You know, well, they you had, start spending on future earnings. They had to crawl before they walk. I mean, they got Lamar got his first playoff win. Now he's going for the whole thing, right? Just a reminder, last night on Sunday Night Baseball, the Rays completed a sweep of the Red Sox what? to move into first place. Tight. First place in Here the come Yankees. Rizzo. 
<laughs> this Sunday Night Baseball recap is brought to you by Samsung Galaxy. You won't be able to go back to mediocre after this. Are you ready for this life? Find out at Samsung.com slash reserve. All right, new team, new number, but it seems like it's the same old Carson Wentz in Indianapolis. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. <laughs> Presented by Progressive The struggle Insurance. is real. Guests, join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Shay Cornette and Bart Scott filling in. I was eating an everything bagel, and Listen, I do have it in my teeth. Blood, blood sugar spikes are here, man. This is a four-hour show, man. You've been up since 2.45. I have. It's true. I just need, like, a slight snack. Probably not the best thing to eat during a commercial break, but, you know, whatever. Uh, okay, maybe Adam Schefter has had breakfast. Let's welcome in Adam Schefter, our ESPN senior NFL insider, giving us the very latest this morning. Good morning to you, Adam. He's joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. Uh, let's start with the situation in Indianapolis because it is not a good one this morning for the Colts and Carson Wentz. First of all, what is the latest that you are hearing with Carson Wentz, and when do we expect to know how long he will be out? I was told late yesterday that they're still going through the steps to determine whether or not he's going to have surgery. They haven't made a decision yet. They're hoping to get that wrapped up maybe today, and they'll make a determination. And once they make that determination, they'll have a better idea of how much time he'll miss. We know right now that he's out indefinitely. Doesn't look like he's going to be back on the field anytime soon. Now the question becomes, does he have the surgery? Does he not have the surgery? And then how long is the path to return with each course of action that they could choose? They signed Brett Hundley over the weekend, the former Packers quarterback as a veteran to compliment Jacob Eason, Sam Ellinger, the former Texas quarterback, also in camp. Not ideal. And if you look at the Colts this summer, Frank Reich is back at work today, scheduled to be back at work today after he tested positive for COVID. Their center, Ryan Kelly, Pro Bowl center, hyperextended his elbow. He's had a couple of weeks. Darius Leonard, their top defensive player, still not practicing due to an ankle injury. Now the quarterback, Carson Wentz, we know is out. We just don't know exactly how long he's going to be out. Now, if the if it comes back that he's going to be out for a stint at a time, we know that they're going to need to upgrade that that quarterback. Is it just you know perfect pairing if they just go for Nick Foles to try and bring a guy in that understands Frank Wright's um, verbiage and language that can come in and be able to make the checks and do the nuanced things, or do they are they going to stay with Brett Hundley and, and the quarterbacks that they have on the roster? Well, Burr, I think it would be easy to answer that question if we knew exactly how long he's going to miss. Is he going to be back by week one? Is he going to be out the first couple of weeks of the season? How do they feel about that? I think those are the decisions 
uh, that they're going through. And I was told over the weekend a couple of different times that they've gone back and forth on this every couple of hours. So that tells you that really it could go either way and we'll see what they ultimately decide to do in the end. Now, if he decides to have surgery and he's out a little bit longer, I would think that Nick Foles would be an option that they'd have to explore with his familiarity with the offense. You look in Chicago, the Bears have Andy Dalton, they have Justin Fields. And I think anybody who's got any sort of quarterback issues this summer, whether it's Indianapolis now or another team later, the first name you're going to think of is Nick Foles because the Bears have him on their roster. They don't need him on their roster. And it's a question of whether somebody could work something out financially with the Bears and Nick Foles to make it worthwhile to get a deal like that done. Talking to Adam Schefter right now, our ESPN senior NFL insider here on Keyshawn, J. Will and Zubin. He's uh, joining us on the Goodyear hotline. Uh, okay, let's talk about the NFL's messaging right now about vaccines. I know this has been a hot-button topic, not only this weekend, but for the past week or two. How likely is it that players will be required to get the vaccine as we move closer to not only the Hall of Fame game, but the start of the regular season? Haven't heard that be the case. You just continue to hear strong encouragement from teams about players getting vaccinated. And some teams have done exceptionally well in this regard, and other teams not as well. We, we continue to see Washington place players on the reserve COVID list. I think they're up to seven players on that list right now. We've heard strong stances taken from players like Cole Beasley in Buffalo uh, who don't want to get the vaccine at this point in time. I don't know if the NFL can order teams to get it. I think teams have been pretty clear with all their assistant coaches that we need you to get the vaccine. And I know one team that went to an assistant coach that wasn't doing it. And the assistant coach, basically, his training camp was getting started, acquiesced and agreed to get the vaccine after he wasn't going to get it. So it's an ongoing conversation. But I think if we look at it, I think over 80 percent of the NFL players are vaccinated compared to I think it's over 60 percent in society. So the league's rate of vaccination is still higher than society. And yet we're talking about players and mandatory rules to get vaccinated. You know, the league has done a good job with this. It's just, again, not a perfect job. I don't know how to transition from this, so I'm just going to go at it. Um, <laughs> how likely uh, Aaron Rodgers says that he's all in and 100% with his teammates and everything seems to be um, sunshine and roses over there in Green Bay. But how likely is it that you know Aaron Rodgers has a future past this season with the Green Bay Packers? Look, Bart, I think at this point in time, Aaron Rodgers is there because he loves his coaches, he loves his teammates, and he knew that the best way to quiet things down and to give him a chance to do what he wants, whatever that is in the future, whether that's back in Green Bay, whether that's trade to another team, retire, was to come back for this season. That, he figured, was his path of least resistance. But the issue has been tabled. It's just been tabled till after this year. That's the reality of the situation. His salary cap number grows this year. It's about $27 million. Next offseason, it's about $46 million. And so they're going to have to do something to address that one way or another. And the man throwing the football gets to dictate how they will get to do it. And mm. so if he wants to be back, he can be back. And if he wants to be traded, as he did during the offseason, he can do that. So it's just going to be a question of how he decides what he wants to do. I also don't think that Aaron Rodgers is going to forget and things are going to suddenly change. He knows where he's at and he knows what he wants. But the issue during this season is tabled while they pursue a big-time winning season. And so we will be hanging on every throw and every press conference for Aaron Rodgers this upcoming season. Adam Schefter, thank you so much for the insight. We'll talk to you later. Thank you, Shane Bart.
Go get some food, Adam. <laughs> yeah, go get some breakfast, right? <laughs> um, but it is true. It feels like this whole Aaron Rodgers thing, and it started, at, was it Wednesday or Thursday? That, Thursday, that press yeah. conference happened. Like, now what we're going to do is every time he speaks to the media, we're going to listen to every word he says because we know it's it's something that has been on his mind or is calculated or he's speaking to a certain group of people. Or if there's some adversity in that locker room, we're going to look to Aaron Rodgers, and it's just going to nope. play out in real time like the last dance did in that documentary we watched during COVID. <laughs> like, now we're going to watch it in real time, but in Green Bay. Like, that's yeah. just the way it's going to go down. Yeah, I mean, and it's just like, you know, as a teammate, you, you just kind of table and say, listen, let's lock in and make the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is trying to, to supplant whoever's in front of us. You know, they've knocked on the door for the last couple of years. And it's been a shame that Aaron Rodgers is such a good football player and they have he's only been to one Super Bowl. You would think, or he's only won one Super Bowl, you would think that he would have more. And, you know, you can't waste a prime when you have an all-time great. Is two enough, though? If he goes well, back for the run it back to her and they win another one, is well, two enough? Well, he needs two just to put him in rarefied air, right? Because right. one makes him a great quarterback. But, you know, when you got, you know, Breeze is sitting there, Peyton got two. So I think if Aaron Rodgers wants to be considered like the top five he's going to have to get to to even put him in a conversation with guys like Peyton I mean we would argue say he's better than Ben Roethlisberger but Ben Roethlisberger has been outstanding as well well, we will find out thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin make sure to subscribe rate and review you can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio ESPN News or wherever you stream your audio 